If you would, take your Bibles this morning and turn to Luke chapter 2. If you would, stand with me. We will be reading the Canticle of Simeon this morning, but then we'll go back and set the story up and paint the picture for what God has to say to us here out of Luke's Gospel. Again, we will. this is kind of one of those Christmas stories that gets tagged on, tacked on at the end, that maybe sometimes gets passed over with the main thing. But we want to look at here, this being the weekend after Christmas, a great story that can encourage us in 2015. This is Simeon speaking here in verse 29. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we thank you that you are our consolation You are our salvation. You are our Messiah. And Lord, today I call You my Savior, and I am overwhelmed for how You have blessed me with that free gift. Today, God, I am overwhelmed for how You have blessed me exceedingly abundantly, more than I can ever imagine or think. God, today, if there's anyone here that's never trusted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, May they do that today, or it's everlasting too late. Hide me behind the cross. Speak through me through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Now I know we're just a few days away from New Year's, and many of you are kind of carrying the weight of some of those holiday pounds, if you will, already. And you're getting excited about how you're going to remedy that. Things that you're going to do different in 2015. And you're going to wait until 2015 gets here to get started. And enjoy these last few days of indulging. And of course, the top ten New Year's resolutions for 2014 at the top of the list was lose weight. Number two was getting organized. Number three was spend less and save more. Number four four is to enjoy life to the fullest. Number five was staying fit and healthy. Number six was to learn something exciting. Number seven was for some to quit smoking. Number eight, help others in their dreams. Number nine was to fall in love. Number ten was to spend more time with family. Now, Those are all great goals for all of us to have. And some of you say, on January 1, I'm waiting for that day, and that's when it's going to begin for me. But here are some of those statistics to encourage you about those that make those New Year's resolutions. You know, there's only, from the statistics they can find, only 45% of people actually make a New Year's resolution. And then there are 38% who don't fool with that at all. But for those that do make a New Year's resolution, those that make those are ten times more likely to attain their goals than people who don't make New Year's resolutions. So it's not a bad thing. And so we talked about what some of those were, but now here is the rate of the success that we have in the days to come. You know, 
Um, through the first week, 75% of people keep their New Year's resolution. They've waited until January 1 to begin it. For the first seven days, 75% of people are very successful. Then two weeks go by, the statistics drop to 71%. One month, it goes down to 64%. And then six months into the new year, only 46% of people who made a New Year's resolution actually keep it. That's kind of depressing, isn't it? So you, here's what I got for you this morning. I looked up some, some New Year's resolutions that you and I maybe could work really hard to keep. They wouldn't be too terribly difficult to work on. Here's one of them. Guys and ladies don't do this, but guys, we can start washing our hands after we use the restroom. That's not too hard. We don't have to wait till January 1 to do that. We can do it today before we shake someone else's hand. You know, cold weather's coming, and, you know, we may have some snow. Kids are just hoping for a snow day, including Miss Tina. She loves snow days. But this year, when it snows, kids, here's a New Year's resolution you can make. Only eat the white snow. Some of the kids are like, what other color is there? Adults, this year we can spend less than $1,825 on coffee at Starbucks. The gift card's only for $15, not for $1,800. Some of you got some new technology this year for Christmas and you like to show it off. You maybe got the new iPhone 270 or maybe you got the iWatch and you're talking to your wrist as you go through the grocery store. But here's some... Easy technology New Year's resolutions that we don't have to wait on. We can watch more cute and cuddly kitten videos on YouTube. Right, Carly? Where's Carly and Addie Ray? They love kittens. Here's for those of you that still have a tube television. Last night we were trying to put Christmas decorations up and moving furniture around. And in our bedroom, for whatever reason, we've got a death trap. Okay? <laughs> we're little kids at home? That doesn't make any sense. On top of our dresser, we've got this big tube television. I needed Jonathan Hill last night because I'm short. My arms are short. So David, I'm trying to pick it up and put it up on top of this thing and move it, and it just wasn't going to happen. So here is a New Year's resolution for you and I, David, and we're trying to move big TV. We need to watch less television in standard definition and watch it in HD, right guys? Here's another one. We can... Help kids stay safe. We're going to look after the kids by not texting while eating McDonald's and speeding through crosswalks in school zones with a frost-covered windshield. That's one that we can keep this year, right? We don't have to wait. We can avoid fingertip soreness by learning how to play rock band. Instead of learning how to play the real guitar, Kent. By the way, good job this morning on the new guitar. Good. Here's some of those weight, weight uh, ones that we can look, work on. We can lose weight by living on the moon in 2015. <laughs> Quick fix. And this is the one the kids always like to show. Titus and Sadie Brooke, they come up and they say, it's made with 100% real fruit, so we can eat more fruit snacks. In 2015, we don't have to wait. Here's just a few more of those financial ones. 
Save some money for a rainy day. That way, we can shop online instead of having to go to an actual store. And this is for us, Pastor Robbie. Visit the grocery store or Sam's Club more often than restaurants, especially when free samples are being served. Let me save money in 2015. Things that we can wait on in 2015 are definitely some of those that I listed. But this morning I want to ask you, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting for this year? First thing today is, are you waiting to live for Jesus? Look with me back at verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. Now we don't know a whole lot about Simeon. Scholars have studied he's just a regular guy like you and me that was referred to as devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus too to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Got a question for you this morning. Are you waiting to live for Jesus in 2015? Are you waiting to live for Jesus right now, today? Are you going to say, when things are going my way, when my life's in order, when I have more time, then I will live for Jesus. See, Simeon, it refers to him as being devout, being righteous, spirit-filled and spirit-led. I don't know about you, but when my obituary is written, I'd love for it to sound like this. I would love to people to refer to me and to see me and you as we walk through life for Christ, living for Him, for someone to say, he or she is devout. He or she is righteous. They're spirit-filled, spirit-led because of the way that you live. And you see, in our culture, we love adventure. We love extreme sports. The number one sport here in America, you have to wear a helmet and shoulder pads and leg pads and rear end pads and toe pads and everything else pads. Right, Ethan? We have to wear all of these paths because we like to see extreme. But when it comes to living for Jesus, which I believe is the most extreme thing that we can do on the face of this earth, wait a minute, I'm going to hold back. We might strap on the helmet. We might put on a, a Swiss seat and lock in with a carabiner and jump out of an airplane. But when it comes to living for Jesus, hold back. We wait. See, there was no doubt in the life of Simeon that he was living for Jesus. During a time when the culture wasn't welcoming to someone that says the Messiah's coming, the prophecies will be fulfilled. Nobody was listening to that. And so we like extreme. But are we living in the extreme to live for Jesus? Or are we going to wait? Titus got a zip line for Christmas this year. We put it up. And if you know my dad and myself, if a ten-penny nail and duct tape can't fix it, 
then there's no sense in working on it. But we worked together and hung up a zip line on quarter-inch galvanized wire. Put the zip line on it. And I was the first one to get on it to make sure it didn't snap. And across the yard we went, where I went. Joni had her eyes closed and was praying really hard, but she was holding the cell phone videoing at the same time. <laughs> hey, y'all, watch this! That's what we like to say here in the South. But how about this? When's the last time we said, hey, y'all, watch this? I'm going to live for Jesus. Listen, that's what Simeon was ready to do. He had been waiting all this time, and the Holy Spirit, the reason he was that they knew, and, and we know from these writings that he was living for Jesus is because he was living and had lived in the past tense for Jesus. In 2014, excuse me, at the end of 2015, when you look back, maybe like you're doing this morning, and say, man, I wish I would have done more for the Lord. I wish I would have served the Lord. I wish I would have shared the message of Jesus more and more and more. Or will today you decide to stop waiting to live for Jesus? Start living the extreme life of following Him. So we want to have no regrets. So why do we want to wait? Kind of like this when you talk to young couples that have been married and they say, you know, everybody likes to ask them. Joni and I waited five years before we had children. Some of the most glorious years of our lives. No, I'm just kidding. My mother-in-law's here today and she's shaking her head and amen. We waited five years before we had children. And during that whole five years, people would say, what are y'all going to have? That's what happens when you get married. You say, what are you going to have kids? What are you going to have kids? What are you going to have kids? And this is what some of the answers were for us. Well, we, we just want to wait. We just, we just enjoy being married. Well, you know, we really can't afford it. And I bet you I heard this a hundred times before we had children. Well, if you ever wait till you can afford children, you'll never have them. Amen, right? Listen to me. This morning, if we ever wait until our life is straight up like we want it, we've got plenty of money, plenty of time, then we'll never live for Jesus. It's the best thing we can do on the face of this earth. It's the best thing we can do. See, Paul even encouraged Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. But set an example for all believers in your life, your faith, your love, your speech, and your purity. Young people today, those of you that are kids, you don't have to wait until you're in big church, an adult, to live for Jesus. It just encouraged my heart to see the Emerge Praise Team kick us off in worship this morning. Did that not encourage you? Let's give them a hand this morning. Encourage them. just blesses my heart to see young people living for Jesus. We could take a note, adults, of ways that we could live for Him. So how are we going to live a life of no regrets? Why are we going to wait? See, Simeon was living and had lived. Remember, past tense for Jesus his whole life. It wasn't just something he decided to do. It was something he had been doing. Some of us, we can start today and begin to listen to and recognize when Jesus' presence through the power of the Holy Spirit is in our lives and we're listening to that, 
Why was Simeon able to recognize the significance of this day? Because he was expecting that Jesus would come. And eventually, because he had walked so closely with the Lord, he was walking so close to Him, God had spoken this promise to him. Remember, through the Holy Spirit, Simeon believed the prophecy of the the Messiah coming. He he had been in God's Word, listening to and hearing and reading about this promised one, the Messiah, and how this would be fulfilled through Jesus, the salvation of the world, the consolation. So why do we wait to live for Jesus? We can do it today. We can do it right now. Not on our own. Just like Simeon. Being Spirit-filled and Spirit-led. We just want it so bad. You know, this is going to sound terrible, but I like to watch wrestling. Y'all know that. I talked about wrestling last time I preached. And there's this big dude. His name's Ryback. And he don't say a whole lot, but he does slam a lot of people. And beat up a lot of people. I know it's fake, but he's just extreme. And his thing, that all he says, they put a microphone in his face and he says, feed me more. Feed me more. He gets the whole crowd chanting it. It's not food. It's body slams. It's throwing people out the ring. It's extreme. I don't know about you this morning, but I want to look up into the heavens and say, God, feed me more. I want to live for you. Show me yourself. Each and every day. That's what Simeon did. He was just a regular guy, but he allowed the Holy Spirit to fill him up each day. How about you? Do you yearn and crave, crave it just like some of those rich treats that you regret now eating, but you just crave more time to read, to pray, to worship, to serve, and to share and live for Jesus. Are you going to just wait to live for Him? Second thing today, are you waiting to see Jesus? Look with me again in verse 28. Love this verse. Simeon took Him in his arms and praised God. Can you imagine taking the Savior in your arms? We can do that today. Second thing I want to ask you today. Are you waiting to see Jesus? Are you waiting to see Jesus? See, here, as Simeon took him into his arms, as we read again in verse 29, he said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. That means I can die now in peace because I have seen Jesus. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. He held Jesus in His arms. Imagine that. Holding Jesus in His arms. And saying, I've seen Jesus. Now I can die in peace. I have seen Jesus. Now I can die in peace. 
See, Simeon anticipated that each time he was in the temple, that there was a chance he would have an encounter with the Lord and he would be changed. When we come through these doors, when we come into God's house, do we anticipate that? Do we get excited about that? Just like maybe that football game or that extreme sport, when we anticipate what's going to happen, that adrenaline rush, there's none better than the full-up overflow rush of the Holy Spirit filling us up as we come into the presence of the Lord here in this place. See, that's what Simeon was anticipating. And see, even in a culture where the hope of the Messiah and for the Messiah was dwindling, it was stale. Simeon wanted to see Jesus. Sounds like our culture today. Stale to the things of God. A dwindling energy and excitement for Jesus. But that don't have to be us this morning. We can anticipate and get excited and get fired up that when we walk through those doors or into any church where God's man's preaching and His people are leading us in worship, that something great is going to happen in our midst, either in our lives or in the lives of others. Or both. That's okay too. So, are you going to wait? Say, well, I've got mine. I was saved as a little kid. Now, one day when I die, I'll see Jesus. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. We can see Jesus every day through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, think about what kind of anticipation that might be. Joni and I did long distance dating while we were in college and then even after we were engaged. And we only saw each other maybe on the weekend. After we were engaged, maybe on the weekend. I was in a collegiate sport. She was in another college. I was in another college in Rome, Dahlonega, different places. Was that as I would drive and break the speed limit and go as fast as I could to see my sweetheart, there was this anticipation of who I was going to get to see. Long distances driven. I can see why people are crazy after driving in Atlanta traffic every day. Had to pass through Atlanta in order to see Joni. But what about you? drive down the road just a little ways, we come to a place such as this. Are we excited? Are we going to do whatever it takes? Are we going to hurry there? Are we going to get up in the way? Y'all better get up. Time to go to church. Well, the way it's raining outside, and that don't go for anybody in here, so we're talking about people that feel at home sleep, right? So, it's raining outside. Well, my belly hurts. I've been eating too much sweet stuff. I think I'm going to just rest today. We'll see Jesus next week. What about it? Do we get excited about seeing Jesus? Do we anticipate? Like we do maybe when... I can remember the first time that I ever saw the ocean. The Atlantic Ocean. I can remember that as a child. 
I can remember being in the car with my grandmother who was in her late 60s the first time she ever saw the ocean. You know what I'm talking about. That's bigger than my pond. <laughs> Waiting to see the mountains. We've got some guests here from Florida. That's probably a treat for you all, isn't it? To see the mountains. I can remember the first time I saw the mountains. Especially for a short kid like me. That was Really, it's amazing. It takes your breath away. Some of you couldn't wait for your family to drive down the driveway or for you to drive down the driveway to their house during this holiday season. Maybe after a long time, maybe even a whole year. Couldn't wait. I think about the times that I've been away on mission trips and, and David's been out of the country a lot this year. We pray for our missionaries. Think about being on a mission trip for seven, eight, ten, two weeks, and then coming back home to see your family. It's that anticipation of the stories to tell and the love that you have for each other. What about those times when I can remember waiting to see those babies, my babies, being born? Seeing their face for the first time. Just can't wait. Just want to see them because I love them so much. Standing down at the altar, looking down the aisle, and when the doors open and my bride walks out, and seeing my wife to be that day, and the love and affection I had. Think about Simeon when he saw Jesus and held him in his arms. When he looked at his Savior, that anticipation. Are we here today waiting to see Jesus work and move in our lives and in the lives of others? You know, we had scheduled revival back in October, Pastor Robbie, and a lot of people were talking around these parts. It must have been all of us about what God was doing. And people came just to see what God was doing here in October. You know what? God can do something in other months besides October too, right? when we come in here to this place. What about you? Or, I saw this yesterday. I'm a big sports fan. Rex Ryan. Now, I don't know how many of you are Rex Ryan fans, but, you know, everything ESPN. If some, if some athlete or coach does anything, they went to the restroom. Adam Schefter reports that Rex Ryan went to the restroom. We put that on the ticket. Well, Rex Ryan told some friends and one of the media outlets gave the information to ESPN and it said that Rex Ryan has now told some friends that he has taken some of his personal items out of his office because he anticipates at the end of the season he will be fired. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard? But you know what? That's the way how many of us go through life. Instead of anticipating and waiting to see Jesus, we anticipate something bad's going to happen. It's going to be terrible. Not going to work out. But are you anticipating for Jesus to do marvelous things in our midst? You know, we're ready for a lot of things. We're ready for school. Parents are ready for their children to go back to school, right? Just go ahead and check Ready for them to go back. No, no, I got some second heads now. Some of you are ready to go back to work. Your wife's saying, man, I'll be glad when you get out of my house, your shoes are getting in my way. Your big feet 
Some of you have been saving for retirement and you're waiting now. Anticipate. You got the days counted down. Some of you are prepared and you're waiting for that cold weather. You've got firewood that would last you until Jesus comes. You're waiting for that power outage. You've got gallons upon gallons of, of water and frozen milk and bread. Why do they have frozen milk and bread when the power goes out? You've got four sets of jumper cables and you're waiting for when that car breaks down that's brand new this year. But are you waiting to see Jesus? Are you going to go see Jesus? Or are you looking for Jesus? Do you see Jesus? See, Simeon said, I I have seen your salvation. Now you can dismiss your servant. Can we say that today? Can we say that that we're ready to see Jesus and that it's peace in our heart that if we were to walk out those doors on our way home today, I'm at peace. I'll see Jesus. We don't know when we're going to take that last breath. You know, coming up January 5th is marking the anniversary of Pistol Pete Maravich's untimely death. Does anybody know who Pistol Pete is? Pistol Pete was one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game. And here's some of his stats here. He averaged, while he was in college, 44 points per game. That wasn't his high. He averaged 44 points per game. In the NBA, he averaged 24 points and and played for the Atlanta Hawks, New Orleans, team, Utah Jazz, and the Boston Celtics. John Wooden called him the greatest ball handler he ever saw. He was selected as one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history. Pistol Pete Maravich was, at the age of 32, one of the greatest basketball players to retire. Just body was worn down, had to hang it up. A little bit later on, he he was um, invited by Dr. James Dobson to do an interview on Focus on the Family. Pistol Pete had given his life to the Lord and he was, he was walking with the Lord, living for Jesus. And Dr. James Dobson wanted to interview him on his radio program. Pistol Pete flew into town. They got together. He and some other um, pickup basketball players and also Ralph Drollinger, former center from UCLA, kind of evened the teams out. They got out there and they were playing a little basketball, doing a little shooting around, Pistol Pete versus all these old dudes that had two left feet and couldn't shoot. But anyway, he was out there playing with them. They took a little time out to sit and talk and get a drink of water. Dr. James Dobson, Ralph Drollinger, some of the others were sitting there talking to him. Dr. James Dobson recalls that when he asked Pistol Pete, how do you feel? You feel good? He said, Pistol Pete talking, I feel great and dropped dead right there on the basketball court. Thank God Pistol Pete was at peace with the Lord. Had given his heart and life to Him and was living for Jesus. But what about you? Will you see Jesus when you die? When you die, are you ready to see Jesus? Are you at peace with Him? Simeon was. So what about you? Are you ready to see Jesus or you want to wait 
another day. Finally today, are you waiting to worship Jesus? Here's the thing. We're not talking about 1045. That's part of it. But are you waiting to worship Jesus? Something that I'll do another day. In verse 29, you know, he goes down again and gives us, let's read it again. And Simeon, worshiping the Lord here, he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in sight of all the people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people. And then in verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Are you waiting to worship Jesus this morning? You see, Jesus has got big plans for us. The Lord wants to work through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to empower us each day. And so I ask a question of you today. Until we see Jesus, whether through death or when He comes home to get His church, God's got big plans for us as believers while we're still here while we're still living and breathing and our hearts beating and we're able to do, to serve Him, to share the message of His love, to live for Him, to worship Him. Jesus in Jesus. What about you? Why wait? Why wait till we get to heaven to worship Jesus with all of our heart? We get fired up about a lot of stuff. I get fired up about a lot of things concerning sports, but do we get fired up about worshiping Jesus? It's the best thing we can do on the face of this earth. You know, the youth make fun of me because we've been to many concerts with New Song present. Everybody know who New Song is? They've been around a long time. Been at many a concert where they have been a part of it, put them on, and just sang some of the songs that many of all of us have grown up and heard for many years. Powerful, powerful songs of worship. Every time, they always do, I'm thankful unto the Lord for this, that they, they always do their number one hit, Arise My Love. Has anybody ever know what I'm talking about? You've heard it. You know what I'm talking about. They make fun of me and Donnie. Mr. Donnie Drake, because how can you not sing and worship King Jesus, the one that arose? He was this little baby, 40 days about after he was been born, that grew up into a man whose hands were pierced and his feet were pierced, and he died for you and me. And then three days later, he walked out of the tomb. And new song sings, Arise, My Love. And I'll tell you what, I get filled up, not just about that song, but even today, I'm overwhelmed as we sang earlier because of who Jesus is and who He is to me. And the youth, they make fun of us because I can't help it. I have to cry. They, laugh, they point at me, here He goes, He comes to waterworks. 
you know what? I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Do you love Jesus? You say, well, Simeon got to hold him in his arms. You can too. He wants to hold you in his arms. But you know what? Because of who Jesus is, that's reason to worship. My dad wrote a, some poetry through the years. He's very gifted in this. And his former secretary published a book titled From a Pastor's Heart. And during Christmas time, we all gathered around at our house, my mom and dad's house there. And, and Titus, he's a beginner reader and he reads very well. And so we read some of these poems. And I want you to think about what Simeon, put, you, put yourself in the shoes of Simeon. Maybe those shepherds. And maybe Mary. Because here's the thing. Those last few verses, regardless, hey, you say, I'm going to wait and worship Jesus later. You know what? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what Simeon was talking about here. But imagine what Simeon was thinking as the Holy Spirit was talking to him about what Jesus was going to do, those prophecies that would be fulfilled. And my dad wrote this. I'm very proud of my dad. Here's what it says. The title of it, The Baby Has a Nail in His Hand. The baby is so precious, laying on the hay. But something is unusual about this special day. God sent some help for this troubled land. Oh look, there's a nail in the baby's hand. I must be mistaken. I don't see it now. A nail would be out of place. It's gone anyhow. The baby is a gift. I think he is unique. His beauty is all over from his head to his feet. I can't forget that nail. I'll never understand how a loving God could pierce such a little hand. It's starting to become clear. I'm beginning to see. Sin will drive the nail that holds Him to the tree. Through this little hand, forgiveness can be found. People rejoice and spread the good news around. Hearts will be warmed as people celebrate the day. God's plan is wonderful, and mankind has a way. Does that not encourage your heart this morning that through Jesus Christ, we have a way? We don't have to wait on it. We can live for Jesus today. We can see Jesus today. We can worship Jesus today in all things. Youth, teenagers, those that are on Twitter, here's something for you that's tweetable. Don't wait to make Him great. Don't wait to make Him great. Would you stand with me this morning as we go to the Lord in prayer?